Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The transformations your body goes through during pregnancy is incredible. The changes are constant, as are our symptoms. And while some are to be expected, there are so many more that no one even tells you about. Speaking to someone who's going through the exact same experience as you can be hugely comforting. The Peanut app has made it so simple to connect with other like-minded women that are going through their own motherhood journey at the same time as you. It introduces you to women nearby and, and at the end it provides access to a community of women that can listen, share information and offer valuable advice. If you are looking to meet other women at a similar stage in life, then download the Peanut app for free today. You can do this on your app store or head over to peanut.app.link forward slash food for thought. Hello and welcome to Food for Thought on Motherhood, a special mini-series on all things pregnancy, childbirth and baby. I'm Rhiannon Lambert, registered nutritionist, author of Renourish, A Simple Way to Eat Well and founder of Retrition, London's leading private nutrition clinic. In this special mini-series, I'm joined by leading health professionals so that together we can all learn fact from fiction and support your journey, whether that's through conception, pregnancy, or just like me as a brand new mum. Some of the initial symptoms of pregnancy are well-known and obvious, such as missing a period, the morning sickness, or tender boobs, but there are so many other symptoms too that no one really tells you about, so... When you experience them for yourself for the first time, it can be unnecessarily worrying. This week for Thought on Motherhood sees Dr. Stephanie Uwe and I explore the journey that women go through while they're pregnant and the many symptoms that arise in the three trimesters. Hello, Stephanie. Hello. Hi. Um, I think you're the perfect person to ask about this because obviously <laughs> I went to you when... I was pregnant and I remember um, being very worried when I got ill and you were so reassuring. Well, what would you think would be some of the warning signs when you actually need to call your doctor? Well, I would say that just in general, if there's anything that you're not sure about um, and if you're not feeling well and you just feel that something's not quite right, you know, you know your body best. And I would, you know, keep it quite broad and say, just feel free to always check in with your GP, with your doctor, um, because there are so many little 
things that can happen. And most of the time it might be that it's normal, but you know, it's always nice to have that reassurance, I think. Um, so really I would say anything that you're worried about. Yeah, I think that's a really good answer. I mean, I'm not a doctor, I'm a nutritionist, but having been pregnant anecdotally, um, I think a mum's instinct, that there's quite a lot to be said, even when you're pregnant, you don't realise it, but actually you are your own best friend when that when that happens. You have to get your mind put at rest. And I think the best thing to do is definitely call it if, if you're not sure, because something everyone knows a lot about is morning sickness, because it does happen to a lot of people. But it is luck of the draw, isn't it? Not everyone gets it the whole way through like I did, do they? No, I know. Poor thing. It's just the worst <laughs> thing to experience, I think. Um, and especially if it doesn't really let up. Um, but yes, unfortunately, it can happen to anyone. And there's no way of necessarily predicting, um, you know, who's going to get it, who's not. Obviously, if you've had a pregnancy before and you've experienced those symptoms, then there is a likelihood that it can happen again. Um, second or third time round. Um, but yes, as you said, it's luck of the draw, unfortunately. But generally, generally, it should settle down roughly around 16 to 20 weeks of pregnancy. Gosh, and it's, I mean, it doesn't sound long, but actually when you're going through it, 16 to 20 weeks, I'm sure for many people listening, will be like, oh, how much longer do I have? Um, because being sick, something I was told, which reassured me a little bit, and I don't know if this is an old wise tale, but you'll be able to tell us, <laughs> um, is it an indication of a healthy pregnancy, being sick? So what I would say was that it's not necessarily that if you're not feeling sick that you're that you don't have a healthy pregnancy but the theory is behind morning sickness well we know that it can be the whole day um, but the theory behind it is that when you are pregnant there's a, horm a pregnancy hormone called um, beta hcg and that level increases and it increases probably more during the first trimester than any other time and then it tends to kind of plateau and settle and it's thought to be your body's reaction to that surge um, in hormones um, so that level will typically also just keep on increasing like I said so that indicates that you know everything is going well um, the fetus is growing as it should be um, so yes it can almost be a reassuring sign in that um, things are progressing but also if you don't feel sick doesn't mean that anything's wrong either no, and that's quite important to mention because there's probably people listening. They're like, "Oh, I'm one of the lucky ones," but is that is that a, is that a bad thing? And then there's also cases that, of the other extreme, like, um, oh, who's the famous Kate Kate Middleton, famous yes. example? What was yeah. it that she had? The name of it? So she had hyperemesis gravidarum, mm. um, which essentially is a complicated word for a severe form of pregnancy sickness. Um, yeah, and she almost made it. Um, she, you know, she really helped to increase the awareness around it because it's something that, you know, a lot of women might end up um, experiencing. Um, so it's nice to just raise awareness about it um, and bring it to the forefront as well. Because I think sometimes, you know, pregnancy sickness can be looked on as a, oh, well, you know, she's pregnant. Um, but in this particular form, it can be really awful um you can have very prolonged symptoms um and the main risk is a risk of dehydration um and becoming malnourished because you just can't keep anything down at all 
Um, and in some cases, you may need to go to hospital to have some treatment. So it's important that if you aren't tolerating anything at all, that you get checked out. Oh, a hundred percent. You're right. There's this attitude that, oh, you're pregnant, you're sick. It's totally normal, but <laughs> it's so debilitating. It it was the what I just. It's the worst thing ever having to carry on like normal when you're feeling so ill. And, and the other thing that I remember was the tiredness and the exhaustion that yeah, pregnant women yeah, go through. Absolutely. And how how does that vary um, in different trimesters? So in general, I think most women will find that the first trimester, you just feel completely exhausted, um, just completely mm. zapped of all energy. I certainly did. Um, and I think that certainly in the first trimester as well, that's a really hard thing to go through because you might not have told many people that you're pregnant. Um, mm. You don't look pregnant either. So it's a tricky thing to be managing um, if not many people are aware about it. Um, generally in the second trimester, people to fend, tend to feel a little bit better. Um, and then in the third trimester, physically, obviously your baby's grown and is getting bigger. So your bump is bigger. So there's more kind of physical tiredness as well, because you're not now carrying, you know, a, a bit of extra, well, this new baby around with you as well. Um, <laughs> so that can put a physical strain on you. So that's where the, the tiredness will come in in the third trimester. Yeah, I, re- I remember being um, crashed out. And I was very lucky because well, the, the unlucky part was that people didn't know, like you said, and I was having to go and deliver talks and essentially perform to mm. people with tons of energy and put a smile on. And then afterwards, I would be so exhausted. I would crash out at 3 or 4 p.m. on the sofa yeah. if I had days where I could get home at that time. It was just, yeah. it, it was so, so tough. And I remember people saying, oh, the second trimester is full of this amazing energy and your love being pregnant. And that, that just didn't <laughs> happen for me. I think yeah. There's a lot of expectations on the fact every pregnancy should be identical, isn't there? Yeah, exactly. And even, you know, in the same, within the same person as well. So I had my second around the same time as as you. Um, But actually, I found that the first trimester was very different to my eldest. Um, I had, yeah, I felt more tired and had really awful nausea um, as well, which I didn't really experience as badly with my eldest. So I just wasn't expecting it at all. But yes, like you said, it just goes to show that um, every pregnancy is, is is different. Oh, it really is. And one of the things that people kept saying to me, which I don't know, looking back, it's actually not a very helpful thing, but I'll sleep as much as you can now because when the baby comes, you're not going to get any sleep. I don't know if you experienced that one as well. <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah, I know. And you just, if only you could put the hours into a bank, but unfortunately it doesn't work that way. No, sleep deprivation is sleep deprivation. You can't bank it up and then it will prepare you for a period of time where you're not getting it. Just, yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely doesn't work that way. If, <laughs> if anybody listening wants to learn more about sleep, we have an episode on the Food for Thought mainstream podcast with um, Dr. Guy Meadows in the UK on sleep, which was pretty fascinating. So what should we be doing, stuff to keep our energy levels up? I think that um, obviously, if you want to sleep, please do. Um, and just resting as much as possible. Um, that can certainly help and not, you know, pushing yourself too much. And I think almost this, uh, you know, time that we're in at the moment, it can lend itself quite well to that because you might find that you are, um, you know, your schedule 
um, from a social point of view, let's say, is is less busy than it would be normally. Um, so try and embrace that, I think. Um, some people, although, uh, you know, might find um, that some physical movement can help, obviously, only if you feel okay to do so, you know, with tiredness and nausea, etc. You know, sometimes it's the last thing that people want to do. But if you feel like you want to head out and go for a, you know, a bit of a short walk around the block or something like that sometimes people find that that can help to um boost their energy levels sometimes um and also just trying to eat a balanced diet as well can also contribute um again might be difficult if you've got food aversions or um you know if you are feeling sick um but that can Mm. can help as well yeah to reassure people listening even though I'm a nutritionist I wasn't able to eat well, I, I would say I didn't eat well in the first trimester just to make people not feel so terrible if, if that's you because we're, we're not perfect and it, it was it was tough. I think one of the things that I could do was stay hydrated and I can't emphasize enough for people listening that hydration isn't just about the functions of your body. It, it affects your mood. It can affect mm-hmm. your concentration levels and the one bit of advice that someone gave me that I've kept through until having the baby was wake up and shower. Like, I know sometimes mm. it's hard, especially at the weekend or whatever, but it just, it helps you start the day right. And like Steph said, get out for a walk. Um, Cause your mental health is, it's affected on such a large level and becoming pregnant is just a whole other ball game, isn't it? It really is. And I just think having been through it, I think it's, mind-blowing that this is happening to thousands of women every single day but it's Mm. such a huge change um to you know physically um mentally like you said it's just a really big milestone in everyone's lives for sure yeah I think something that women um should speak about more perhaps because otherwise you can feel alone and you can feel you can feel really overwhelmed. It, it's it's scary and it's exciting and it's a whole host of different emotions in one. Mm. Do you get a lot of people coming to you as a doctor um, saying they're struggling perhaps or, or do you think there are people struggling that aren't coming forward maybe? Yeah, a bit of both. So I will certainly see people who are struggling potentially at you know various stages during pregnancy. Um, but also, like you said, just in terms of thinking about mental health as a whole, um, there are certainly people who uh, I'm sure are struggling but aren't seeking any help. Um, and those are the ones that I really worry about as well because um, – there is so much that can be done um, and it's really important to try and have that support as well. Um, so I would really urge anyone who, you know, is struggling um, just to, you know, check in and have a chat. That might not necessarily be with your doctor, first of all, but, you know, maybe confide in a, a friend or, you know, a family member um, and then and then take things from there. But certainly sharing um sharing how you feel is is really important oh completely and being kind to yourself because you I think in terms of mental health you're also experiencing body changes and that can for women um, and for men actually but obviously we're discussing pregnancy but mm-hmm. when, when you're when you're living suddenly in a body you've never lived in before if we use it that way mm-hmm. it's very strange to suddenly not fit in your clothes in the same way and to feel that extra weight on your stomach area because it can affect people's um, mobility. 
And one thing that I think could be useful, I don't want to say to everybody, you have to do this, but we do know that exercise has such a positive impact on your mind, on having a healthy pregnancy. And of course, we're knackered. I mean, I I didn't really exercise very well in the first trimester at all, but walking is enough, isn't it, Steph? Yeah, absolutely. Walking is brilliant. If that's one thing that you can do throughout the whole of pregnancy, um, walking is brilliant. And like you said, will help um, physically, but also just getting out of the house and going around and can almost set you into um, good habits for when you have the baby as well. Because again, you know, you want to be quite gentle at that time and, and walking is the perfect type of thing that you can do every day. It's so overrated, even when, um, because we both had our babies in lockdown. So I think I've never appreciated, especially being pregnant at that time, that one walk a day, you know, getting out and doing doing that one walk. So I think I took yeah. for granted before um, the chance to get fresh air, but I was gagging to get outside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Waiting for your one hour slot that you can go out. Um, yeah. But no, I, I, I love it now. I yeah. I really do. And just, you know, taking them out, putting them in the sling and, you know, just going for a walk can be, um, it can change your mood, can't it? And kind of set you up for the day. Oh, yeah. Once you've got some fresh air, um, you come back home, you are a different person. I'm sure there's some studies on that. I'd love to see the before and after if someone could measure the neurology or what happens in the brain at that point. It'd be quite interesting. Um, Yeah. Would you say for managing pains then, because you mentioned walking with the sling and that's something I love to do, but I really have to focus on my posture because Mm. during pregnancy, I I got it all. I had pelvic girdle pain, which meant towards the end, walking was excruciatingly painful. I still did it, but it it hurt. (laughs) I mean, do you get a lot of people with that? Is it quite common? It is common. So pelvic girdle pain will can affect, again, similar to pregnancy sickness, you know, it can affect anyone. Um, and it affects about one in five people, which is a lot, you know, obviously very significant. Um, and you affects your mobility, you get this kind of pain in your joints as you um, experienced. Um, so trying to flag that up as early as possible. If you notice any type of niggles around the pelvic area or in your hips, for example, um, then certainly flag it up because early intervention, so things like physiotherapy, um, can actually really help in the long term. Um, and then, you know, you can be given certain exercises um, and just given advi- different pieces of advice on, on how to help your symptoms. Yeah, it's definitely how to manage it because you can't miraculously, as I learned very quickly, make it disappear, can you? Yes, no, no, unfortunately not. But like you said, it's trying to improve your symptoms as much as we can. Yeah, that that was, oh, uh, the pain. And it didn't go away for me once I'd given birth, I'd say for about 10 weeks post-birth for me, yeah. the pelvic girdle. So do be realistic to anyone listening that's experiencing this, but it does go eventually for lots of people, I think, that one. And Braxton Hicks, let's cover those because mm. sometimes I thought I was getting them and I wasn't. And then when I did, I, I think you really know, don't you? Yes, exactly. I remember there were times where I thought, is this something? Can I feel a tightening? I don't know. But generally you will know. So Braxton Hicks are, essentially it's your body preparing for labor it's kind of doing a bit of a test run um so they're you know false labor pain so your womb is contracting and relaxing um but they are different to normal contractions it doesn't mean that you are 
going into labor or that you're about to go into labor. Um, so they can happen anytime between kind of the end of second trimester, third trimester. Um, and they it's will so be deceptive though, isn't uncomfortable. it? Because they do feel yeah. like, yeah, they do feel like many contractions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and essentially that is what they are, but, um, uh, doesn't necessarily mean anything's happening but yes it can be a little bit unnerving the first time you experience them god we were on our baby moon um which i'm really glad we've been very fortunate to be able to fit in just before lockdown happened oh, that's so good oh just getting away that's the last time yeah we've, we've been away this year um but it, it was it was so lovely to go but i remember getting my first one it stopped me in my tracks because we were out for a walk it was one of those typical english rainy days <laughs> and we were getting some fresh air and i had to stop and bend over and breathe and i was like oh my god this is it and then it just went i was like oh definitely just a Braxton Hicks. It really, really took me by surprise. I couldn't continue to walk with it. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it can be uncomfortable. It shouldn't be kind of really, really excruciating, painful. But, and if you put your, if you were to put your hand on your tummy at the time, you might've noticed that it felt quite hard um, or in certain areas it might've felt like as if it was hard because yeah, it's just your muscles kind of getting you ready I suppose giving you (laughs) giving you a bit of a preview of what's to come (laughs) that's definitely correct Um, (laughs) let's go down to the nitty-gritty stuff because I think um there are lots of physical symptoms that can happen obviously Mm -hmm. there's oh we haven't even touched on things like acid reflux there's so many things that women women go through but but what happens down there because our digestion can also impact constipation doesn't it yeah, it can do. And I'm, I think it's really important to talk about these things as well, because, you know, sometimes the thought, you know, we think of pregnancy, everyone thinks of, oh, the glow, you'll have like great, glossy, <laughs> shiny hair. But actually, yes, you know, you very <laughs> may very well experience those. These are the things that actually most women will notice. Um, and I think it's really important to talk about them and just you know, know that it's normal and that if you are struggling with any of them, that again, you know, have a chat with your GP or your doctor um, who can give you some advice. But yes, constipation is something that is very common in pregnancy, um, just due to, again, changing hormonal levels. It just causes the muscles in your gut to relax a little bit more. um, And it means that more water is reabsorbed. So essentially your food is kind of hanging around for longer in the gut and it makes the um, it makes it harder. So it makes the actual stool itself harder to pass. Um, and then also invariably, you know, if we're having um, nausea and, um, you know, you're not wanting to eat as much during pregnancy and you're not having as good a fluid and fibre intake, then that will impact on things too. Oh, hugely. In the first trimester, I because I didn't eat wonderfully, I just ate what I could and what I fancied. My digestion slowed down. Yeah. I definitely it definitely picked up when I started to eat well again. And one of the biggest tips I would give to listeners is really try and focus on that when you do feel like eating because if mm-hmm. you can get more fiber in and carbs and all the good stuff, loads of different colors, it's going to help you post-birth too because that's a difficult time and you really want good bowel movements. Again, hydration yeah, exactly. affects the quality, doesn't it, of the stool. Like You don't want an uncomfortable stool coming out. You want a nice, soft one. Exactly. Yeah. Water will help um, hugely. So I think, uh, yeah, as you said, fibre and fluid, that's the thing that you want to um, focus on. And yeah, definitely after birth as well, because it doesn't stop as soon as the baby's born, unfortunately. It's like one thing after another. Now, piles is another one that I don't think people do discuss because they think, oh, you know, that's first of all, maybe you should tell us what a pile is in case they don't know. 
Yes. Um, so it's like a swelling essentially that contains some enlarged blood vessels. Um, and they are swellings that will appear around the anus and they can cause various symptoms. So some people might just get a little bit of itching. Um, you might have some soreness actually when you're, um, opening your bowels, um, you might notice some bleeding as well. Um, and some people can even feel a lump that kind of sticks, it kind of protrudes out essentially. Um, sometimes you can um, push it back in as well um, but it can mm. cause all sorts of you know lovely symptoms and I think because of the nature of the problem some people might feel a little bit embarrassed to talk about it but again like you said it's so important to and to know that it's normal and that it can happen as well and you know there's so much to deal with being pregnant already I would hate to think that any pregnant woman is suffering in silence with piles so please mm. flag it up um, with your GP if you are struggling Oh, completely. And then again, these are all symptoms actually post-birth that happen again. So I, I just think everybody should definitely speak to the doctor if, if you're concerned. The the anxiety, I think, I'm just trying to put myself back in, in my shoes when I was pregnant. Mm. I was so anxious because it was my first pregnancy and I was scared of miscarriage. I was scared of everything and, mm. and bleeding or spotting. It, I had one episode once where I was with a friend. I noticed a bit of blood for the first time and I panicked and I thought I was having a miscarriage, but, oh. but I, I, I wasn't. So how yeah. do you um, advise women to deal with those sorts of things? I think that my general rule throughout the whole of pregnancy is that if you have any bleeding at all no matter how small um just get it checked out mm. it might be that it is nothing sometimes at the beginning um you can get what's called an implantation bleed um and you know sometimes um later on during pregnancy you know sometimes you do investigations and they you know don't necessarily find that there is a problem but just to flag any type of bleeding up during pregnancy Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello. Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Yeah, 100%. And then discharge as well, that changes. I mean... Goodness, it, it's unbelievable <laughs> the things. Like, I remember now I'm reading them all out on my brief again, remembering everything. That's yeah. another thing that changes. 
Yeah, it is exactly. So your dis the the amount of discharge that you can have will increase, um, which is very normal. Um, but another thing that is very common during pregnancy is thrush, um, which is a fungal infection, and again very common because of the hormonal changes. So um, you will notice that discharge becomes like a whitish color, and people kind of describe it like a cottage cheese like consistency. Um, so if you have that or itching. Um, or you notice that then again there is treatment that your GP can prescribe um so again certainly flag that up and unfortunately you can get more than one episode of thrush during pregnancy which is um annoying to say the least um but mm. yes um lots of um lovely changes that we can expect as well I mean the, the first thing that I saw in terms of let's discuss physical body changes so the thing that made me think maybe I'm pregnant first it was the loss of appetite, but also the fact my boobs had tripled in size. Yeah. I mean, it was it was like the first thing that happened to me. I could have, I remember telling my husband, I was like, this is really odd. I was like, my bra just feels really, t- <laughs> really tight today. Why does that happen? <laughs> Again, it's so, it's your body kind of getting ready for, um, milk production later down the line. Um, so again, linked to various hormonal changes changes um so yes your people will certainly notice some breast tenderness initially and then as you um go throughout pregnancy although it sounds like it sound it happened to you right at the beginning you can notice that your boobs start to get bigger as well um so that's when you also want to start thinking about you know how good your support is um in terms of uh the bra that you're wearing because obviously then that can impact on your back and if you're carrying um you know a baby as well then it kind of all contributes together um so you want to make sure that you've got a well-fitted bra um throughout pregnancy as well and also yeah underwire yes yes um so nice kind of stretchy bands as well I lived in sports bras I think like really good you know um supportive because they're quite comfortable that they're very different I found to yes um, yeah good idea yeah, to your to your average bra, and also a bit more breathable because you get so hot, don't you, in pregnancy and, and post birth. Yeah, absolutely. Your your whole um, blood circulating volume increases because um, it's just trying to do so many different things. Um, so pregnant women will, will tend to just feel very hot all the time as well. So nice breathable layers, um, things like cotton clothing, um, obviously is a little bit more breathable as well. So. Um, trying to stick to those sort of materials can be helpful oh so I think layering I I remember I was recording one of my YouTube vlogs on my first trimester experience and if you don't layer up it's so difficult (laughs) because back then we were running around on the tube in in London and obviously at the moment that's still not quite the case at the time we're recording this because of COVID-19 but yeah it's it's so difficult to go about your day if you're not prepared when you are pregnant. Also needing the toilet. I needed to go to the toilet so frequently more than usual. Why Why do we need to do that? We don't even have the weight of the baby for a lot of it. <laughs> yes. Again, it's the lovely hormonal changes that happened during the first trimester. Um, but I didn't even, I wasn't aware of that actually. And then I remember when I was actually pregnant, I thought, why am I getting up in the middle of the night and why is it happening now? I thought this was meant to happen later. Um, but no, that can, that can certainly happen as well during the, um, during the first trimester. 
Yeah, <laughs> so many things. Seth, I'm trying so to think many. Of... I know so many things. You're right. When you list them all and you think of all the things that you experience, you just think, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I know. And also, oh, sunburn. That was something else. I realized that I think, I don't know if it's psychological, but I feel like I caught the sun more easily. Yes. Yeah. You will notice that your skin is more sensitive to the sun. Um, so, I mean, Obviously, I think we're recording on a very rainy day, but we have had some nice weather recently. So if it is sunny and you are pregnant, then to just be really careful um, because um, you will your skin will burn more easily. Um, you might find that moles and freckles that you have, they can darken in colour. Um, some women also get the, um, the linear nigra, which is like a kind of line of pigmentation that goes down the middle of the tummy as well. So that can happen during pregnancy, which again is very, very normal. Um, and you might even notice that um, the colour of the nipples also start to darken. Um, again, all normal. And do they, because I, I didn't have the line, but my friends did, does it disappear afterwards for anybody that might feel concerned? Yes. Yeah, so generally you will notice that it will start to fade. So it won't disappear straight away, um, but generally it does fade. Yeah. Yeah, that's reassuring. And the brain, let's go on to the changes. Obviously, we discussed mental health a little bit, but what are the changes that take place inside the brain when you're pregnant? Because I don't think I've been able to remember anything coherently since being <laughs> pregnant and having a baby. <laughs> I know. And then, yeah, and then you have the baby and then the sleep deprivation kicks in and it's just, oh, yeah. Um, but yes, there have been some studies recently um, that have tried to look a little bit more at what happens to the brain during pregnancy. And it's really interesting. There, there has been some evidence that the brain undergoes a remodeling process during pregnancy. Um, and actually, some it's almost a similar process that happens during puberty. And the thing that those two things have in common is that it's a change, a huge change in hormonal levels. Um, so during pregnancy, like I said, there's some remodeling that happens. Um, and it's thought to be that you, your brain is helping you adapt to, um, parenthood in a way. So kind of helping you tune into maybe what your baby needs, helping you with multitasking, things like that. No, I don't feel like it helps to be honest. I, feel like I know I was about to say, I was like, I'm, I'm not sure whether, <laughs> how successful these remodeling processes are but um there is evidence to show that it is happening but maybe maybe because I am very good at remembering all of Zachary's items and everything Zachary yeah. needs but yeah, when it comes absolutely. to myself I just yeah there's nothing to do with myself that's ever relevant in my head I think oh, um yeah <laughs> it's just it's just the way it goes isn't it every you know and if you're packing for a day out or something they've got their bag and they're perfectly prepared and then you go out and you've remembered you, you, you know you've forgotten something oh I forgot to put deodorant on the other day walking down the road you know Zachary's perfect he's got a yeah. nice outfit on he's got his nappy changed <laughs> I forget that's to what, even I know that's what I always think they look like they're ready to go out for like afternoon tea or something and you've just kind of rolled out of bed <laughs> Yeah, let alone washing hair. Let's not even get started on that. Oh, um, right, we do have questions from our listeners. Lots of people that are um, pregnant or excited to be. And Amelia has said, I've heard that oral care is really important now. Why is that? 
Yes, exactly. So one of the things that can happen is that your your gums can become a bit more sensitive, let's say, and they can start to bleed a little bit more as well. So taking care of your um, teeth during pregnancy, also really important. So you may want to book in with a dentist um, during pregnancy just to check that everything um, is okay. Yeah, sounds good. Um, Susan has said, my sense of smell. Oh, that's what happened to me as well. The smell. I could smell anything. It's become really intense. So I couldn't open the fridge because the smell would make me puke. Um, How can I manage this better? That's a question from Susan. Yeah. So again, I, I had that as well in the first trimester and you just sometimes even the, not even looking or smell, just the thought of certain types of food would put me off completely. So, um, I think obviously if you know the things that you have aversions to, then just trying to avoid them as best you can. Um, And when thinking about foods that you are maybe preparing or eating yourself, sticking to things that are a little bit more plain and don't have as strong a smell, Um, which sounds quite boring. But I mean, I think that's what will get you through um, those Mm. initial weeks. Um, But generally, it should settle down. Oh, it, it does settle down. I can, I'm a testament to that because walking down the streets of London, it's all coming back to me, flooding back. The smell of <laughs> cigarette smoke was my oh. worst enemy. Anyone smoking on a street corner, I would have to walk the other side of the road, hold my breath, and I would probably be sick if I'd got a whiff of their cigarette smoke. Yeah. It, it was like, um, it was torture walking around. So I really feel for you, Susan. Good advice from Steph there. Um, Becky has said, at what point do I tell my boss I'm pregnant? Good question. To be honest, there is no, um, as far as I'm aware, there's no kind of legal obligation for you to tell them, you know, in the first um, trimester, I think it's going to be when you feel comfortable to do so. Um, But also at the same time, if you are struggling with um, sickness, like a lot of women will, and you feel like it's, um, you know, getting to the point where it's impacting work, etc. That might be a time where you could consider Um, letting them know just so they've got that background support for you set up as well I actually think that this is a whole other podcast episode so we can't go into it now really but there is something that should be discussed with um, education around pregnancy and post-birth for employers because if you you aren't aware that a pregnant woman goes through all of this you Mm -hmm. may not be so easy or the work environment may become a very scary difficult place for a pregnant woman and I think that's something especially with gender divides and I do feel the lack of education for men listening to these subjects because I'm sure a lot of our listeners are obviously female Mm -hmm. um yeah anyway that's a whole other subject no I completely completely agree with you yeah Mm. um so Beth has said I had diastis recti what can I do to help bring my muscles back together so I think she must mean she had it in the first pregnancy and maybe she's pregnant again I'm not too sure so essentially what happens is that um if you think of um your abdominal muscles um almost like a grid and down the middle of it um is a tissue that can essentially stretch so when your um baby's growing obviously and your bump is getting bigger your body is kind of those abdominal muscles are stretching out um so it's very normal for those muscles to separate and actually a hundred percent of women will have a form of diastasis recti just because, you know, your bump is getting bigger. Um, and gradually after pregnancy that can come back together. Um, but sometimes it, it doesn't come back together fully. So you may notice, um, a gap. Um, 
in terms of things that you want to avoid doing, it's, you know, those kind of crunches, um, like sit-ups, that, you know, anything that um, when you, if you were to do it, it would form like, you'd see a doming effect. Um, so you want to avoid anything like that. Um, but just concentrating on specific like postnatal Pilates classes, for example, can just help to focus on the areas that need um, rehabilitation. Um, and also seeing a physiotherapist can be really, really mm. helpful too. Um, obviously, there are varying degrees of diastasis recti. So, um, you know, they if seeing someone who can do a personal assessment for you can just mean that your um, treatment and the exercises that they suggest for you can just be a little bit more tailored to you. So if that is something that you have access to, um, then that would be really useful. 100%. Um, Tally, this is the last question, has said, what can I do about heartburn? I'm getting it daily. Should I be concerned? Oh, gosh, the heartburn. <laughs> it's just horrible. Uh, so again, heartburn, very common in pregnancy, unfortunately. It's kind of like this you know, burning sensation. So there are some medications that are safe for you to take in pregnancy. So, um, But those will uh, generally have to be prescribed. So if you're um, struggling, then definitely uh, book an appointment to see your GP or have a chat with them over the phone and they can prescribe you something that's um, safe to take in pregnancy. Okay, well, that does move me on to our fact or fiction round. Stephanie, are you ready? I'm very excited. (laughs) (laughs) That's a different response. That's good. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Morning sickness typically ends after 16 weeks. So typically, yes, I would say that's a fact. (laughs) (laughs) It's always so hard. Babies take calcium from your teeth. Ooh, fiction. Amniotic fluid is the warm fluid cushion that protects your baby. Yes, that is a fact. Your baby won't recognize your voice until they're born. Oh, very much fiction. So keep keep talking to them and you'll probably notice that, you know, once they're born, they kind of, um, you know, will start to look in your direction and they'll probably, you'll probably be the one that they respond to first. It's so lovely, yeah. isn't it? It's magical. Um, Your brain's threat response is enhanced in the third trimester. Oh, I'm not actually sure about that one. I would say that that would make sense um, Hmm. because it's, you know, for thinking about the survival process and and, um, things. Um, So I imagine that it would be more heightened, let's say. Yeah, Hmm. I'll I'll have to double check it. (laughs) Love it. Hot liquids will balance your hormones and symptoms. Oh, fiction, I would say. I'm not aware of that. <laughs> no, lots of pseudoscience on the net there. Um, yeah. Your voice can change through pregnancy. Uh, I'm not sure if your actual voice would change, but it might be that if you are, say, talking to your bump, you'll notice that you will um, use a slightly higher frequency uh, because I think that's uh, babies are thought to respond to that and hear that frequency better. So guess I'd kind of say fiction <laughs> kind of sitting that's in, why kind of in the that's why we put on the baby voice I love, that's so it interesting is. yeah it is um that's why we do all like the funny cooing noises and everything. <laughs> it just comes out you can't help it okay I know, interesting. you can't yeah turn into a Disney character um <laughs> if you are carrying high you're having a girl Oh, definitely fiction. Gosh, how many to how many comments did you get on on what on what gender you were having? 
We did a gender reveal party, which is the funnest thing ever. But oh. gosh, the guesses were so interesting because people had to guess if it was a boy or a girl and their reason why. A lot of it was the shape of the bump. Um, <laughs> right. You must visit your dentist during your pregnancy. Yes, fact. Creams will stop you having stretch marks. Uh, fiction, unfortunately. So with stretch marks, you know, really common in pregnancy, but... Um, there isn't anything that's got specific evidence to show that it will help, but certainly, um, you know, if you're the, the bump itself, um, the skin over it can, because it's being stretched, it can become quite itchy. So you will find that, you know, rubbing in creams and things can help to relieve those symptoms, but unfortunately nothing that can actually prevent the stretch marks. No, well, that is the end of the fact or fiction round. And that was brilliant. But to add on that, I was so itchy during pregnancy. (laughs) Everything I wore, I just wanted to scratch my belly off. Um, Stephanie, thank you. That was brilliant. Um, Right. That does wrap up the episode. I feel like there's so much more to discuss, um, but we need to finish with our uh, food for thoughts today. So I will start by saying, I think pretty much from what we've discussed, every pregnancy is unique. So literally you are your own best judgment tool. If you are unsure about anything, like Stephanie said earlier, just ask your doctor or call because that's what they're there for um, in the NHS as well. We're very lucky if you're in the UK, you know, that's a a source, a resource that we have Mm. and try and tune into what works best for you. And it is a bit of trial and error. You do doubt yourself all the time. I, I remember constantly, even though I'm the biggest advocate of don't turn to Google, you'll do it. You'll naturally do it. But just remember that there are reliable internet sources to go and fact check. Um, I'll let Stephanie leave some resources afterwards. But mm-hmm. one thing that I did that really helped, because um, I experienced a hell of a lot of symptoms throughout my pregnancy, I really felt like, could I possibly get another one at one point? But it's all worth it. And it's a positive thing. At the end of the day, you'll look back on it. And pelvic floor exercises were one of the best things I ever did. Yes. Um, because I suffered of a partial prolapse afterwards and I'm still repairing that. But pelvic floor, if you can get to grips of it in pregnancy, it's going to really help you post-birth. Um, yeah, your midwife and doctor are there to help. Doctors yeah. that are like Stephanie. What would you say, Stephanie, for our listeners, a food for thought today? Um, I would say, you know, as we've kind of touched on during this episode is that we've spoken about so many, so many different things that can happen to your body. Um, and it's just to really take a step back and appreciate what you're going through and what your body is doing as well. Um, so, you know, it's said so much, but definitely be kind to yourself during this time. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're not wanting to do certain things, you know, it's okay to say no, it's okay to have those boundaries as well to almost kind of protect yourself. Um, yeah. And I think that that's something that certainly should carry on, um, once baby's here as well. Oh, a hundred percent. Stephanie, thank you so much for being there for me throughout my pregnancy because I would come and see you at the My Healthcare Clinic Um, and also for helping our listeners. Oh, no, (laughs) thank you so much for having me. Um, Sometimes you just don't get the time to sit down and almost reflect on, on, you know, what women go through, do you? Um, So it's, Mm. it's actually quite nice to have a bit of a discussion and hopefully, you know, it's been helpful as well. Oh, it really has done. Where can our listeners find out more about you and get some more help if, if they're unsure about anything? 
Yeah, so like you said, I'm, well, I'm on maternity at the moment, but I work at my healthcare clinic. Um, if I'm not there, we've got a great team of um, female and male GPs that can help you. Um, otherwise, I'm also on Instagram as the GP mum, and I tend to kind of post various things about health, women's health, pregnancy as well. You do. Thank you so, so much, everybody, for listening. And Stephanie, thank you for giving your advice and good luck to Good luck to everyone out there. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. If you enjoyed this episode, you'll absolutely love the others in this mini series. So click subscribe and have them all downloaded in one go. If you have time to, please do leave a review so that we can reach higher highs in the charts. And the ultimate aim is to hopefully help more and more people. For more information about me or my clinic nutrition, books, healthy recipes, and so much more, please visit nutrition.com and follow me at nutrition on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.